Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center. I'm Ken Navzog. Joined for the first time officially on a uh, podcast feed, we're starting together with Joseph Scrimshaw. Hello there. This is exciting, is it not? Yeah, I'm thrilled. It's a great time to be a Star Wars fan. I always say that. You always say that. We're here to <laughs> celebrate the greatest saga ever told. But we're also, we, Joseph, have decided to go uh, on our own little adventure into yeah. the galaxy. 
Yeah, an yeah. adventure into the land of podcasting. Uh, it's a, it's a, not a lot of people in that. No. No. <laughs> it's the outer rim. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I feel as though we are on level 1313 of yeah. Coruscant of Star Wars podcast. As we know, almost everything happens in the outer rim. So it sounds far <laughs> out, but it's right there in the center of things. Sounds exciting. So this is what I'm calling the first official uh, episode of Force Center, which is the main show on the Force Center podcast feed. Now, we'll say now, Joseph, to our audience, this show will probably evolve over time. Yeah. Uh, we've got some ideas on how to make this a fast moving, fun uh, uh, news show for Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and some things going on. But right now, we just kind of we kind of started this on a lark. Like, hey, that name's cool. Uh, let's get it out there. And then uh, also, a little trailer broke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we kind of had to start this network up soon. So, number uh, number one, I'd like to thank you all out there who made the uh, debut week of this podcast feed a very, very good thing. The Force Center Reacts episodes of the poster and the trailer helped launch us into number one on Podomatic. Uh, and uh, we're climbing the ranks on iTunes. And that's right, we are on iTunes. You can subscribe now and do us the favor of rating and reviewing. We'll be on Stitcher shortly once I remember to submit the RSS feed. <laughs> but Joseph is here, uh, and we, on this uh, episode, we have a kind of a theme, but we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants like a couple scoundrels, and that is the literal journey to The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah, the, the all the steps leading up to where we are, it's certainly ramped up, but it. I think this is, in some ways, I've been thinking of The Force Awakens as like the first truly, fully 21st century movie. Yeah. And that every, it's all sorts of things are different with it from right. the marketing, from the technology, and some of it's from just the sheer love of Star Wars and the uniqueness mm -hmm. of the property. Yeah. But just little things are striking me as we go along, and I think it's been this way the whole journey. But things like, I don't think I've ever seen, like this poster that just came out. Right. I don't think I've ever seen that complex of a poster right. that has that much composition that is so ready to go as portrait and landscape. In, <laughs> yeah. In, in, in it's yeah. not moving the elements around. It, it shifts the elements a little bit, but it is the same kind of artistically composition. Yeah. Uh, and then when we're going to get to this, I think this is going to be the first film ever that has basically an entire second wave of marketing right. after the movie actually opens. Because yeah. they're clearly like pulling back on Luke. Yeah. They're clearly pulling back on the action figures and the cups and the towels. Like, all that stuff is like <laughs> but the not... toilet papers only from the first act of the film. <laughs> when the film comes out, we're going to get third act toilet paper that's Star Wars branded. That is brilliant. I want third act toilet paper, third act coffee creamer. But you're 100% right. I still feel, and I don't want to turn this into a trailer breakdown, but you and I haven't had a chance to share the airwaves over the trailer and everything. I still think with the teasers and the trailers, we've only seen two or three sequences in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I could be entirely wrong. We we were wrong with Phantom Menace where I had the, the idea to move my head. But I really think we've only seen two or three planets out of an entire galaxy. Yeah, I mean, Jay, we'll talk about this, but J.J. is known for mystery. And I think mystery Disney... Box. <laughs> mystery box. Mystery <laughs> box. Yeah, and a mystery box that was open like 800 last from Baldi artifacts on Alias. <laughs> and just, you know, J.J.'s origin right. story, basically. Uh, yeah. And Disney, I think, getting behind that vision of like, yeah, fans don't want it to be spoiled. So I just think that's kind of an amazing thing. Like, right. certainly other films have had marketing after the fact but the fact that this unprecedented marketing wave is yeah. just the first act and You're we're going to get a whole 
two-thirds more of marketing. As I stare at my Captain Phasma Funko Pop here in the <laughs> studios Phasma. here, in the Force Center Podcast studios, you're, you're, you are saying it in a way I've, I've felt it. I've felt it. But I've never <laughs> really understood it until you said it that way. You're 100% right. There's so much more to come. We're yeah. probably going to get a poster with Luke Skywalker. I think we are. <laughs> and we all want it, right? Absolutely. And we want it then, not before. I'm totally fine. I, I have been, I'm still fine to this very moment that we don't know Anything or very little about Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I'm still convinced that's not his hand holding R2 or, or it's a flashback at best. I, I don't think – I think that's a red herring too. Yeah. I really, really do. I think it's possible. And I think for trailer break, breakdown stuff, mm-hmm. I think it did a great job of doing red herrings without being obnoxious about it. It doesn't seem like red herrings to prove how smart I am from J.J. Abrams or any right. marketing person. Just honest things to keep the mystery open. Like, I love that uh, the, the trailer is structured to feel like, oh, of course, this trailer is about Ray. Oh, no, it might be about Finn. Oh, right. it's about Kylo, too. Oh, it's about everybody. But then we get that line yeah. of, like, the Force is calling to you, and then it immediately cuts to Poe. Yeah. And I don't think Poe Dameron is going to be right. the Force-sensitive guy no, or no. Skywalker myself. But there is a little bit of that red herring, too, where enough of us can go, like, but that line, the Force, and it was a picture of him. Oh, my God. And, like, I think these, like, good red herrings of that. Like, yeah, well, there's even with that. I mean, um, uh, when Han's saying the dark side, the Jedi, was all true, uh, the dark side is set over Poe and then the mm-hmm. Jedi over Finn. Yeah. And that's – but I'm like, well, I don't think Poe, but maybe. Maybe. I don't yeah. know. We don't know. Maybe Kylo Ren was uh, punishing him because he uh, was uh, doing bad things and he didn't uh, spy on the Rebels right or, right. or the, yeah. Resistance. the Resistance. Yeah, um, yeah I got to get used to that. I know. You got to get used to that. <laughs> yeah. um, and but I don't have do that it. theory, but my friend Dan Merle over at Screen Junkies, he's pretty convinced from that one shot. He's like, I think Finn's recognizing him as some a double agent that he used to knew like hey i saw you in the cafeteria uh, on the star killer base yeah uh, but I, I think it's more of a brotherly situation but that's also what i love about the marketing thus far of just the movie itself um coffee creamer aside because um there's so much left to be decided yeah yeah and it is amazing uh how much that we can get out of shots so like uh yeah. I, you know i broke the trailer down uh we, we did a live jedi alliance right uh that night and and i broke it down and you know we talked and i thought all night and then i got up the next morning and just like ah, i'm gonna clear my head and just watch the trailer again it's like holy god <laughs> i talked for 15 minutes about a shot that was less than a second long <laughs> I did a lot of freeze frames. I am guilty of freeze framing Daisy Ridley crying over a body. I'm like, that's fur, or it's a furry jacket. <laughs> and uh, I uh, at 1:39, I froze to see the Mandalorian symbol. Yeah, uh, yep. which is um, I got nerd chills. Yeah, pretty big when I saw that. I think Ray is crying over an Ewok. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm being a total Maybe. smartass. No. <laughs> Just when you said furry. Like what Maybe. would blow people's Maybe. minds? So let's uh, let's try to get into what we're talking about here. We yeah. are we're literally here to discuss the journey to the Force Awakens, and not just about the twenty books they released this summer. <laughs> we're talking about the literal uh, journey that Disney, Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, Abrams, and team have taken going back to the fall of two thousand twelve. Yeah, three years ago, I remember where I was. <laughs> I do too. I was at my old job on my computer, in my old office. It broke on Twitter first, and I got this weird feeling in the pit of my stomach of excitement and nervousness of what just – what's ha- – Disney and Star Wars – and I literally was prancing around the office out of nervous energy going, oh, my – oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Disney just bought Star Wars. Yeah. 
and it all unfolded. Where were you? Take me through. Uh, you, I was sitting in the living room of my uh, house that I, uh, well, I still own it, but there are renters there now when I lived in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. So, you know, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was fall and it was, you know, getting cold. So I was sitting uh, by a radiator and I was supposed to get work done. I was writing mm-hmm. and then... You know, I always check Twitter because I have a problem. That's what a writer uh, does. Yes, because anything but write is what a writer right, does, right. and then write when they absolutely have to. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, I'm uh, good friends with Bonnie Burton, yeah. uh, who used to work at Lucasfilm. Uh, worked on the website a bunch, got a bunch of great uh, Star Wars craft books, and she was she was there with the rumors like that kind of half hour before of like yeah. something's coming, and I'm I'm going to tell you ahead of time. I'm I'm sure from my experience, it's real. Right. Right. Uh, so it was that weird thing of like bracing myself, like a uh, big Star Wars news. <laughs> I'm literally bracing myself in my chair as I, as I remember. I was thrilled. Like I've yeah. never been a Disney fan. Right. I don't have anything against them, but like to me, when I was a kid, what Disney was is mm. it was the other cartoon choice from Looney Tunes. Right. 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 And Looney yeah. Tunes are is dark and weird about creatures trying to eat each other and falling off cliffs and hitting each other with anvils. Like, that and sarcastic bunnies. That's my speed. <laughs> Mickey and Minnie being cute and having little problems. That's No, 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 no that's not for not me. Thing. No, I want yeah. I want anvils and sarcasm. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm an anvils and sarcasm guy. I, I, I'm in that boat, too. So I, I was never really big on Disney, mm-hmm. uh, but I had seen already that they hadn't taken over uh, Marvel. Right. That they let Marvel be Marvel. Right. Um, Th- that's where I went, too. Yeah. I'm in your boat, too. I'm not a huge... I, I love going to Disneyland, but I've always separated that from anything Disney did. Yeah, from the actual, like, what used to be the main content. When people yeah. thought of Disney, it used to be, like, Mickey Mouse right. and Friends. Right. And um, so I was... Uh, first thing I went to, because I had some people say right there in my office, well, that's not a good... You want Disney to have Star Wars? And I was like, yes. Have you seen what they've done, done with Marvel? Yeah. Like, Which, absolutely. Yeah. I want it. They, it. Creatively, they kept... Their hands off it, and right. they did not suddenly Disneyify it. Disneyify no. it. Um, yeah, Iron Man wasn't singing a musical <laughs> song to a squirrel. Like that didn't happen. That would have been okay. Yeah, and the, the, some of the Disney movies are great. I should give them credit. It's not just Mickey yeah, Mouse. Absolutely. It's the yeah, yeah. Movies and all that, uh, but not a big part of my fandom. But um, I had always kind of hoped mm-hmm. that Lucas would be the kind of magnanimous creator who would say. Mm-hmm somebody else run with it instead of like it's mine and i'm taking it to the grave right and and he he is a weird guy and, and as sure. i've said many times about the prequels i think the story is great uh mm-hmm. but the execution is a problem and i think that's always been his yeah strength in the star wars is he's he's a great visionary who, do, who doesn't always execute well created this world yeah so I, i've always thought like well maybe he would just be stubborn and take it to the grave and no one else tells him what star wars is yeah or maybe he would Say, I've created something that's bigger than myself. Right. And I want it to continue after I'm done with it. And I was more, yeah. that that was my main thought of like, how cool that he is going to, that, that he said, I created this. It is now a part of the universe. Yeah. Uh, this I'm real world <laughs> universe that we live in. And yeah. I want it to continue. And I want other people to play in my sandbox. And I had wondered if, if Clone Wars had been the thing that made him in his mind the second Clone Wars series. It was the first one I always overlooked, the first Clone Wars series, yeah. which is not canon, the Samurai Jack one, and it's it's good in its own right. Um, but I know Lucas was very involved in the Clone Wars cartoon, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But that he had seen what some of the young young bucks could do and tr- maybe trusted him more. I think, yeah. I think maybe Dave Filoni probably has a lot yeah. to do with that, where clearly, like, it seems like from his all of his comments that if George said it has to be this way, he did that. Right. But he did it in a way 
to make it as cool as possible. Right. And that maybe like there's a little bit more trust that developed there. Right. And I always hear you know, Filoni, uh, isn't he saying that George loves his, pre- loves his prequels? Yeah, that's all, he's, all he says about but, the Clone Wars being out of order. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some of, this, some of those stories are clear. When you watch them again, they're clearly yeah. from George's weird, twisted brain of like, hey, what if we did like a yeah. horror episode where they're like uh, zombie parasites that come out of the Genosian <laughs> Queen and they get in people's brains? You know, like, yeah. like wow, uh, that that's Star Wars too. That can be yeah. Star Wars too. But that's always, you know. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and when I had heard in the Clone Wars stuff, and this is now getting into defense of George, which I think I think the tide might be turning on George again. Now it's more positive. I'm hearing yeah. more positive where people like maybe because he released it. But like the stuff where some of the weirder, more mystifying episodes that explain the origins of the force or anything like that. And it's like, eh, no, George, those came from George's brain. Yeah. Like he was in the room at the time. So so uh, all that to say, though, I agree with you. One of my initial reactions and what was was, uh, you know, and there was those stock photos that on that day i remember of george with a lightsaber and mickey yeah <laughs> like, there was a lot of that yeah, stuff everybody had their things ready to go but, yep. but there was very much a he did it he he, he passed this on yeah I, I had the same feeling you had and that and that's uh and that's i think it's gonna be uh it's gonna pay off and that's what we're here discussing but going back to that day in, in 2012 it was like okay this is we get a second chance at this. Yeah, and I think that up to that point there had been a sort of knee-jerk reaction because mm-hmm. uh, so many people, especially older people, didn't like the prequels. Yeah, uh, the first Clone Wars movie that was released into theaters was oh, was weird yeah. the way it was those first three episodes yeah. uh, and didn't feel like a movie. So, you know, for me, a lot of times uh, I'm getting more into talking about news now is yeah. a, a part of my weird patchwork career in life yeah but a lot of times for me news would be like i take it in personally but then my first thing is i need to come up with a joke that i am proud of that has a different angle that has some honesty so like and i'm pretty sure it was the initial announcement it might have been one of the other announcements Mm -hmm. but i I, you know i did a tweet about like the stages of star wars news reaction of you know (laughs) disbelief and then anger right away yeah joy acceptance double checking on the internet that it's true (laughs) Acceptance, you know, it's something like that. I can't remember what the actual joke was, uh, but yeah. I remember because Bonnie retweeted it, and uh, and and it got a lot of retweets. But I, I and I feel like that's mm-hmm. that it captured a little bit where we were at, where just like any news would just be like, "Oh, how dare you!" Yeah, anything but like George Lucas is going to come to your house and personally play the original <laughs> non-special edition. Anything yeah. else but that, people just, their initial reaction is, it's terrible, it's ruining Star Wars, because everybody just got into the groove of, like, that's the only emotional reaction to Star Wars at it this really, point. It really, you're absolutely right. I'm flashing back to some of, like, the, the Blu-ray special editions when now the Ewoks are blinking and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it was, uh, it's just, there's nothing that guy, George, could have done to make anyone happy. Nope. We uh, were burnt and burnt forever. So, yeah, so people's initial reaction, some people's initial reaction of just being angry, like, Disney, whoa, right. that's not the right match. Not yeah. everybody had that reaction. Should have been new line like, yeah <laughs> but now like this journey i think a big thing is like we're yeah. losing that it's not when star wars news comes mm-hmm. out the initial reaction is now discussion different points not right. immediate wave of fan girl and boy anger that's that's absolutely right and that's a that's a you know now in the last three years it seems as though the discussion media has grown yeah <laughs> um to, to be fair and we're a part of that for sure but yeah. uh I, I like getting in the pool and swimming my way to the top but um uh, yeah, it, it it now uh, when you hear like uh, the anthologies, like uh, like 
I, I don't. I love the idea of Rogue One. Yep. But but the Han Solo standalone, I'm not overly excited about. But I'm like, I'm more on the side of, well, let's see what you can do versus. Yeah. How yeah. dare you? Yeah, and it, it's it's nice to have so much stuff coming out because I'm in the same place. Of like, eh, that's not the movie that I would choose for a standalone right. on the Han Solo. But right. like. It's years away, and I don't need to get upset about it now. <laughs> I probably won't be upset about it by the time it comes out, because right. I think they'll probably do something smart with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the first things they, I think, did smart, um, but that may be up for debate, is uh, choosing J.J. Abrams to be the director. Yeah, because that was the next big announcement, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. was the first. That's, that began, so to follow your uh, path to acceptance, uh, <laughs> Disney, no, scream, scream, clench fists, well, okay, cross arms, let's see what they're going to do. It was immediately, and I remember on Shmo's no, it was immediately like, who's going to be the director? Right. And who right. do we want? And we want some uh, guy who's going to uh, give us a gritty, we want Christopher Nolan to do Star <laughs> Not, not doing all me. this stuff. Yeah. Abrams was tossed out. There's actually a clip of, I think, Mark Ellis in, in October 2012 going, wouldn't it be great if Abrams gets it? Yeah. Um, and, and he did. How did you feel going into that? Where were you at on, on director choices or how did I'm you trying, want them to go? Um, I'm trying to think. The, now, the announcement for Abrams came out before Star Trek Into Darkness, right? You believe yes. so. So yeah. I I like Abrams. I have I think he has like certain specific consistent problems. Yes, um, like the the mystery box thing. Right. Um, you know, it, he 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 backed off creatively from Lost, but like Alias and Lost, he both had like the the mysteries that he right. couldn't quite keep up with. Right. Uh, I loved the first Star Trek movie. I did the too. reboot. A lot of people didn't like it, but what I really Big liked about it um, is it is a triumph of character over plot. The mm-hmm. plot is. Mm-hmm. Zany, it makes right. no sense. It's much, it's you know, not as sciencey as uh, Star Trek really action, is. It's yeah. much more into the Star Wars. It's action. It's sort of like anytime somebody lands on a planet, they're in the right place for the planet right. to happen. And you actually had that in Star Trek, right? The movie, but it was all about the characters. It was these weird plot things are happening out of the blue because I need this kind of event to show you who Kirk is, to show right. you who Uhura is, and I, you know, I really love character. Yeah. So I was excited for. Yeah. J.J. Abrams. Um, and the thing, the other reason I was excited, and I think this is, we're all seeing this, is I I also thought that he was a fanboy enough to not make a J.J. Uh-huh. Abrams film, right? but to make the best Star Wars movie that he could, whatever that means to him, his DNA will still be in this movie, right? but that it wasn't going to be like, cool, I'm going to make this movie look and feel like a J.J. Abrams movie, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that he wasn't, uh, like, that. say, say Chris Nolan might have, uh, he's a great, I love what he did with the Batman stuff, but yeah, it might have been, then we'd get a, did we really want a Chris Nolan Batman? Yeah. Or did we want a J.J., uh, Star Wars or J.J. Abrams Star Wars? We want a Star Wars. Yeah. We want a Star Wars. Go, here's a buck. <laughs> Go see a Star Wars. Um, and, I, and I agree with that. And, I, and I, it's funny, when you mention Abrams to a lot of people, that's the... That back then and even now, I had this discussion today over at Screen Junkies with Alicia Malone and a producer of their name, Jawan Guillory, and J.T. Schmoes. And J.J. Yeah. Abrams' name came up, and, and Dan Murrow was there, too. And it was like, I like him. <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing. Oh, I like him. Yeah. yeah. But um, look, like, I love most of Super 8. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I love uh, the first Star Trek. I do not like pretty aggressively do not like Into Darkness. I really, really dislike Into yeah. Darkness. But I feel like he let his screenwriting pals run with that. Right. I don't dislike the way Kurt's it's acted, the way it's yeah. filmed. I hate the plot. And I think yeah. it is Orsi 
in Kurtzman who did that and, and right. who got their backs up when the fans were kind of telling them what to do and they were like, we're going to outsmart you. Right. With the con, not the con. con. I don't stuff, even yeah. think that was J.J. Abrams' mystery box. I think that was the screenwriters. Yeah. So I felt like Abrams isn't going to play those games with Star Wars and that's And that's funny, going back to the discussion I had today with the, those guys over at Screen Chunkies, that's exactly what people went to, too. It's like, I think he's tied up with some bad writers for a long time. Yeah. And, no, not bad. That's not fair to say these are successful working men. But, yeah. you know, like, there's something with there. There's something... I think they, there's a little antagonism with the fandom, yeah. and I don't yeah. think we're going to get that. With Star Wars. Well, well, and and so they choose him, and then shortly after that, Michael Arndt gets brought on, who's an yeah. Oscar-winning screenwriter. And then that may be when the book uh, is written on the making of The Force Awakens, to me, may be the most interesting chapter. And the only thing that might appear to be bungled in this journey to Force Awakens is whatever happened in the writing. Yeah. Well, and that's a, I guess that's a, a thing, just to kind of take a half-step back. Yeah. Selling Star Wars was one thing. Yeah. And we got the burbles like it's gonna be sold to Disney. I'm like, oh, cool. But the like, and the main point of that is there's going to be a new, yeah. new trilogy, right, right, um, right, right. And how much uh, that that was kind of there's the Disney reaction, but then the, I think everybody had that excitement about the yeah. movies. And then when we were hearing about these creative teams, yeah, it 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 was so different than now, where we know like it's gonna be handled by a lot of people. Right. And back right, then right. it was like, oh well, J.J. Abrams is in charge of Star Wars now. That's an excellent point. The Lucasfilm story group uh, wasn't a, you know, we hadn't heard those terms. Yeah, and they, we didn't know, like, oh, there's going to be a different director for every right. trilogy. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy had certainly made herself known, mm. but, you know, in the last several months, like, basically since Celebration on, she's yeah. come out swinging, and then, like, yeah. I'm I'm on Mothma this damn thing. <laughs> I am in charge of this. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams, that's great. He's my hired gun who's going to make this first one, and then I'm right. going to hire another gun, and I'm in charge. Right. You know, so I right. think our reaction to Abrams was coached in, like, he's he's George Lucas now. He's, he's taken over. And it did. It, it appeared It appeared that way to me, too. Yeah, I, why wouldn't I, it? I, I, it really did. Like, And, and I think there was talk of... Uh, uh, you know, rumors, rumors, rumors. But it's like uh, he'll do. He'll direct seven. He'll come back to direct nine. But he's he's in charge. He's like the Feige, yeah, uh, for Disney for yeah. what Feige does for Marvel. And yeah, that's very uh, less that way now. I, I don't have that feeling now. I yeah. think Abrams will always be an executive producer of all these and have some say. I'm yeah, sure. yeah, certainly with the writing. I'm sure it seems like whatever he had to unfold the story here. But yeah, you're right. Going back to that, you're, that that's an excellent point. Back then, at the time, it was like oof. Did we just put it in one man's hands again? But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. And then, and the thing with Arndt, too, go, to go back to that, like, that was a good choice, I thought. It makes yeah. sense. Um, and then I still I still wonder if it was just like, hey, do a pass. Yeah. But at the same time, it just seemed seemed like something happened. Yeah, and I don't know exactly when Lawrence Kasdan came in and said, all right. Yeah. I'm going to write this story now. Yeah, I'm going to old school this, you know, because <laughs> out of everybody, I think people, we're not talking about him enough because yeah. so much of our fandom is based on A New Hope in Empire Yeah, that he had uh, uh, such a yeah. big effect on, in, in Jedi. Yeah, in Jedi, uh, yeah, yeah, Empire, particularly Empire. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. That's him. I mean, there's some great old uh, pulp stuff um yeah. From from the the first draft uh, of Lay Brackets, but uh, but yeah, but yeah. then he made it the movie that we know in terms of on the page. Yeah. So the fact that I don't know if it was sort of like aren't script was like good script, but this isn't what this isn't our Star Wars, and then like and the rumors we had heard it was it, aren't 
aren't wanted to focus on the the new generation, and then that maybe they wanted yeah. about the old guys. I don't. I mean, look at what we've seen so far. To me, this is very much about the new generation. Yeah, uh, I think Hans are Obi Wan in this one actually. Yeah, and um, I think it has to be. Um, yeah, I certainly hope that Luke, Han, and Leia at least a couple of them continue into the trilogy. Yeah. I hope it's not just like this is good, the goodbye to all three of them. Yeah, I think that'd be a mistake. Certainly. Um, so yeah, I can see definitely wanting to have the balance there of uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, this could have been Luke's story, and in Act Two we meet the right. new kids, right? Instead right. of what I think is going to be the other way around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So and then to to add complexity to it, yeah. we know that Lucas wrote up outlines of here's right. here's broadly what I think should happen. Right. He was announced as an executive producer, which I was always happy with because hey, he's got story. Concept's can, great. Execution, yeah. the problem. So, uh, but now he's he's kind of been saying, like, I, they didn't really take my ideas. Right. And his, and his son, Jet, came out kind of uh, about a year ago. Remember, Jet was kind of out yeah. there going, yeah, my dad wrote some stuff and they didn't want it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to think of it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I remember seeing a little clip with George on the street and someone was at TMZ or something. Like, yeah. hey, what do you think? And he's like, I'm I'm a retired guy, man. I don't know. I'm gonna go see him in the theater. I'll and, let you know. Yeah, I'm gonna see him for a fan for the first time. I want more than anything. Once the new trilogy comes out, we've mm. seen it. I want more than anything to know if any of that came from George, and I want to know what he was thinking instead. Uh, yeah, because oh, I think that's be gonna be a, that's gonna be a fascinating. And the you know talk about the decades old people versus George Lucas. Yeah, you know what if. It would be so amazing if the the trilogy comes out. It's good, but people have their beefs like we're going to because we're Star Wars fans. And then we see George's outline go, oh, that's actually really good. It took care of some of the problems. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing I want to know is where's George Lucas's YouTube reaction video to the trailer? (laughs) He is such a uh, non uh, demonstrative human being. I think that you could easily just imagine just like he's looking. Maybe a nod, Arms a little smile. Oh, that's funny. I like a. Oh, okay. oh the, the droid's rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's uh, it easier to shoot then. Forty million views. <laughs> it would have been forty million views. Yeah. Um, so, but but yeah, Kasdan comes in, and then for whatever reason, when you start hearing Kasdan involved, and the thing happens with Arndt, and maybe he was fired, and maybe he was just paid to do a draft, or maybe they shook hands and and it was all good. We'll we'll not know until a book comes out. Chris Taylor, you should write that book. Um, and uh, when when Kasdan came in, it it it. it it definitely that's when things change for me from worry to really uh, always going to be excited but like really anticipation of what are they cooking up yeah and i think that was a smart decision great decision for cast and to get involved and roll up his sleeves and say george isn't around okay i can kill han finally i'll be back <laughs> um you needed that connection again. Abrams yeah. has been, and and again, Kathleen Kennedy. They've been so great in this journey. To the Force Awakens has been pitch perfect in tying to the past, but getting you ready for the new. Yeah, and and Kasdan was part of that to me. Yeah, yeah, and I think there is worry of it feeling like a fan film if somebody J.J. Abrams' age, who is just a fan, mm-hmm. isn't going to make the mistake of of being overly idiosyncratic about it. Yeah, but that it is just sort of aping. Yeah. Uh, the style of Star Wars. So the fact that you do have somebody who was there and contributed creatively massively mm-hmm. to the original trilogy, I think gives it gives it some connection and some weight to the past. It it it, it to me feels like um, 
in you know that Kazdan. It's weird that Kazdan, but his stories, you know, Empire and Jedi are just as much him as Lucas, I think. And and it's you have him on board to continue the story, yeah, like the way he wanted to. And JJ's going to help him with that a little bit. And that made me start that. I, I was worried at one point, you know. Not, not, I was excited, like we've been talking about, but um, we don't know. You know, we don't know what they're going to do. And what are you going to do? And, yeah. and 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 then in, in the darkness comes out, and I really wasn't happy. Really wasn't happy <laughs> no. with that movie. Um, it's like, all right, what are we going to get? A bunch of lens flares off the lightsabers, and you know, some popcorn. And and so Kasdan comes. This is the guy who, to to me, crafted a deeper level to Han Solo mm-hmm. and a deeper level to the story. And then I, okay, good move. Here we go. We're connected to the past. Larry's yeah. back. Larry's back. <laughs> yeah, and then the other layer of writing contribution is just the whole expanded universe that has told 30, 40, 50 years right. of story after Return of the Jedi. Right. And then there's that push-pull of like, uh, it, of course it makes total sense to just wipe it from canon because it's right. it's too much to deal with. Uh, but then that sort of like, do we get stubborn and just ignore a good idea from that? Right. Or do we take it? Right. And that is the next phase of this, uh, of the, the journey of The Force Awakens, is 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 the the new canon. Yeah. And it was uh, funny, too, because that was among the fans like who I know, and I didn't know you at the time. I would have loved to have called you on the phone the day <laughs> Star Wars got sold to Disney. Uh, but with Christian Harloff, Mark Ellis, Mark Riley, the guys I know from the land of Schmoes and Tiffany Smith, the, the girls I know um, who are Star Wars fans, that was one of the first big questions we had is, well, what's canon now? Yeah. And canon is this word that is so much in the forefront of nerd culture. Yeah. Is it canon is <laughs> something that you can go across the board a lot of properties. Growing up, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't a word like no. you kind of – but like uh, the expanded universe didn't even really become the EU until later on or something. Until, it, yeah, you know? until like they needed a name for it because it was yeah. just sort of like, oh, there's some comic books that are – Kind yeah. of with Star Wars too, and oh, and now there's some video games, and yeah. you know, and it, I think it was really with you know, Heir to the Empire, where it yeah. started to be, and then those books started to explode, and there started to be so many of them, right? And even to the point I think where Lucas wasn't aware of them, where he was just saying like, I think I heard a, a quote or uh, when he was prepping Attack of the Clones, he was going to use Boba Fett, and people were like, well, here's what happened with Boba Fett, and he's like, I don't care, those are books, <laughs> these are my movies, right? right. And even right. then, he was saying like. If my movie says something different, my Star Wars movie <laughs> is always right. And and at the time, look, I remember, you know, Ara, Ara Singh shows up in Phantom Menace for a second. Yeah. And that looking was at the pod race. Yeah, looking at the pod race. And it was like, that was a character that I remember seeing and that, like, who's that? And then I, you know, early internet days, you know, <laughs> load up and it's like, oh, that's from a comic. And I and I had stopped reading after uh, Kevin J. Anderson's uh, Jedi Academy trilogy. Okay. So uh, Zahn's trilogy came first and the Jedi Academy kind of hit. I own a copy somewhere of The Truce at Baccarat, one of the worst uh, Star Wars books, I it think. It should be good. Yeah, yeah. I, the only thing I like about it is Luke's bones have calcified from the lightning. <laughs> Yes. That's the only thing yes. I like about it. And, yeah, it's the and, one that happens right after Return of the Jedi. Yes, and then uh, I have uh, The Courtship of Princess Leia. Okay. Also one of the worst books I've ever. never read that uh, one. Yeah. I've read the back of it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> I should have stopped there. Um, and then I, so I, I myself had stopped. 
It was yeah. just too much. It was too much. But then as this character, Aura Singh, comes along, and I'm like, oh, that looks like an intriguing character. Instead, I got Jar Jar, and I would have liked that character. But <laughs> but um, um, it was like, okay, so there's stuff. I liked, I liked the idea of George saying, you guys are having fun over here in the corner creating board games and card games and comic books. I like some of your stuff. Yeah. And, and he, I'm okay with that. He took so much from the role-playing game. And my yeah. understanding of it is that like late 80s, Mm-hmm. Role playing game. That's where we got so many of the official names of you know background aliens, where we got uh, yeah. alien race names, and those certainly right. tracked through to the films and just became canon. Well, yeah, I mean, you and I grew up where it was Walrus Man, not Ponda Baba. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> like, we didn't know he was an Aqualish from the planet Ando, yeah. but we do now. Up there on my shelf, uh, one of my uh, good friends from Shelf, from Shelf Know, uh, Top Shelf there, okay. uh, I have a, a Weakway figure. Rachel, yeah. Rachel Cushing uh, bought that for me as a oh, gift. Oh, nice. And I grew up with that. Well, that's Weakway. Well, no, that's the species Yeah, name. he's a Weakway, which yeah. sounds offensive so to me. So it's, it's Doug Weakway up there in the corner, <laughs> right? He had a shift down at Jabba's Palace that day, and he got caught up in a, a galaxy of war. Yeah. Um, so I liked all that, and then you know, and Quinlan Voth shows up by name only in Revenge of the Sith, and yeah, that was one where Lucas was like, "Oh, that story, I liked, I liked I that one." one. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's right, yeah, right around that the middle of the prequels where yeah. Lucas is really like, "Okay, I, I gotta start." Yeah, making this all make sense. So it added some weight to them, but then I always joke, hey, you know, the expanded universe, you know, Chewbacca dies, all that kind of stuff. So then they officially announced, no, we we are we are sweeping this all away. Wipe it out, all of it. Wipe them out. Um, <laughs> do what must be done. Get rid of all the comics and card games. Um, and I was a hundred percent okay with that. Where yeah, were you? At I that? was absolutely thrilled with it. And just kind of fascinated. You and I have talked about mm-hmm. that that border between like a huge obsessive love and having to have a little bit of a sense of humor about it. Right. That, like I take Star Wars deadly serious, and I think it's really funny that I take Star Wars deadly <laughs> serious. And I think both of those things can and should be true. Uh, and that part of me also likes that. Like I'm I'm concerned about canon. I'm concerned about yeah. is Greedo still a Rodian? Like, and right, I fu- right, right. I'm. Honestly concerned, and also find it delightfully fucking absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I uh, at at ce- celebration, I had to buy the ultimate Star Wars encyclopedia because I have down there the Sand Suite encyclopedias, <laughs> and I wanted to see what had changed. Yeah, and and but when I, I got the Sand Suite encyclopedias, an old girlfriend uh, bought them for me as a as a Christmas gift, and and I uh, cracked them open to devour them because I really again hadn't at this time read the books, read the comics. Yeah, and um. They're a nice collector's item because there's so much in there. It's like, nah, I don't, I don't really believe there's a half wolf uh, Jedi who <laughs> uses tail as a lightsaber. I'm making it yeah, up, but no. yeah, you know, I'll accept Jackson, the the bunny rabbit, the giant green pilot, bunny but, rabbit. Yeah, um, you know, I just I couldn't get behind it. So when they when the Disney announces, uh, Lucasfilm announced, hey, we're doing away, but we're forming the store group, and Leland Chi, who's been the keeper of the holocron for all these years, yeah. and Pablo Hidalgo and Filoni and all these people, and we're going to tell this story across many many platforms uh i was very excited though afraid of yeah the is this going to happen again yeah are we going to have so many different levels of of canon i know that's something that john campy over at collider and uh, jedi council was very vocal about early of like yeah are we gonna have different levels of canon now we got force awakens and like level four is the comic book and where does it all factor no 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 you know yeah um, yeah i don't think we're there yet um but have you been keeping up how much have you been keeping up on it on the canon, I've been keeping up a decent amount. I am fascinated by the fact that uh, Wikipedia is just a hot mess. 
It, like every a, page has the different uh, right. warning about this is, and you know, and you quick click. They have the you can select legends Le- or canon. So yeah. you know, you look up Ponda Baba, yeah, and you can look on the legends, and it's got like here is where his birthmark is. Here's the name <laughs> of his first love, and you know, all these things that got expanded out to just such great, <laughs> absurd, beautiful depth. You know, and then yeah. you click over to canon, like. He was in the cantina, and you know, and then some stuff like falls in between the gaps. You can tell, and like so, they're a mess because there's so much that hasn't been filled yeah. in yet. Because I like, yeah. and I like that. I like that the story group didn't go mm. through and cherry pick and go, that thing is still true. That thing is still right. true. It's like as we release new media, yeah, things will become true or not. And yeah. most of the time, it's a brand new story, a brand new idea, right? New characters, but every once in a while, they're just like, oh, they mentioned that, so that that's right. still in. Right, 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 and it, and again, and, and the big, the big names when when Canon got wiped away, and and it, it was not upsetting, but uh, I got it. I was I got why people were upset is is Thrawn and Mara Jade, yeah, Talon Card, and these characters that that Timothy Zahn had created. I could care less about the alien race that invaded later on the the Yuzon Vaughn, Yuzon Vaughn, yeah, well, cool, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, I was okay. I was like, then we could re. I I I was one of the ones when I when I found I stopped reading the books, but I found out Mara Jade and Luke got married. I was like, ah, I don't need I don't need them to get married. It's like, you know, uh, end of moonlighting. I didn't need that to happen. Like, come on, <laughs> you know. Like, uh, and then the Solo twins are ones a ones a Jedi, ones a Sith, and one yeah. then they got their brother Ben Solo Skywalker. Uh, I, ben Skywalker, yeah, and Anakin it, Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all got in, and I think that they that. I am not as big of a fan of the Heir to Empire, the Zahn mm. trilogy, and other things that happen later on because they get into it's it doesn't have the fantasy feel; it's the sci-fi feel, and they get into that Superman problem where mm. they keep trying to figure out ways where the Force doesn't work, right? And, okay. and to I, I, I make, that. make the characters not as powerful, and it's like I always hate that. I, I, I have if you make a character powerful, find mm. a way to write. A challenge for a powerful character. You're right. is a writer. You're God. Come up with a problem that they can't solve instead of just like right, right. Here's a tree, you know, lemur <laughs> that you know blocks the force. <laughs> like the Yisumarian army. Yeah, yeah. Timothy's on uh, chose the most weird vowel constant connections yeah. in most of his books. But in and then <clears throat> things like Coruscant, which I will always remember. I did a sketch show in 1998. And right. I, you know, I read it quick, and I, I did it like a sketch where Wedge Antilles was uh, running for some political office and was sick of always being behind Luke Skywalker on everything. <laughs> Everybody making fun of him is just being the sad Luke Skywalker who doesn't have force. And I called Coruscant Corsicant because it's just like Corsicant, uh, yeah, Corsicant. Uh, and I, and a guy came up to me, he's like, I've met Timothy Zahn. It's Coruscant. <laughs> it's like, oh, what a jerk! And this he, that that was a long time ago. And this guy and I are great friends now. Yeah. Well, went, went to each other's weddings. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but, then, yeah. then, then you watch poor Jake Lloyd, Lloyd try to say it in the documentary. Coruscant? Uh, do it again. Take 15. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then again, that's a good point. It, it, uh, Zahn created that or at yeah. least uh, put it into existence and they took that name. So so good and bad comes up. But I, yeah, uh, a lot of great ideas a lot of great, great characters comes in the expa- from it. old expanded universe. But I think uh, it's the only... There's, it's. I'll parse my words here. Choose them carefully, but um, uh, I don't think it's a, a, not a misfire. New canon's not a misfire. It's been great, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you what. As I as I got here, uh, there's seven Star Wars comic books behind on this shelf here. Yeah. Um, 
I'm already lost track. I've already lost track. Yeah. Darth Vader has like a girlfriend. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, there's a there's a Lando. I liked the the short run Lando series, but uh, it, it did a lot to further the Lobot character. But uh, which you you should enjoy. <laughs> yes. But it's got these like Puma twins that are like walking Pumas. Okay. Uh, and now we're now we're, it's like just give me a Jackson yeah, one shot. So, so we're already, already going to crazy town. We, we're already comics. going okay. to it. Yeah, I, and I'm already ready to right now. I'll tell you, and I've enjoyed everything Marvel's done. They're doing it well. Jordan D. White's the editor. Heather Antos, the associate editor. They've done it. They've done a great job. But I'm already to throw. I I could forget it already and not have it factored into anything. Okay, and that's yeah. a misfire a little bit to me. But it might just be me, my old brain. I think it is a danger of the volume of stories. I think the yeah. opportunity that they have is to tell stories that don't undermine the films like in the films the mm. films should be the big events the most important right. events right and uh, i think they have an opportunity to to make sure that nothing in the comic mm. books and the books kind of fight that right too much um and i've i've only read a few of the books right. but they have all been great mm-hmm. either individually but more than anything, of kind of starting to tell a combined story. Like, I have got so excited for the new canon mm-hmm. that I've seen in the books. And it's not about, oh, is this character still this alien or does that mm-hmm. alien fit? It's about broadening out the scope of what the galaxy is. And I think, really very purposefully, shifting the story from being one of good and evil mm-hmm. to one of chaos and order. And that's what I liked about Aftermath. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm. I think uh, you and I roughly. We didn't get a chance to talk about it off air, um, so let's work through it now. But aftermath, <laughs> um, uh, I it was maligned. I understand why it was maligned. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to know where Luke, Han, and Leia are. And we got four pages of Han and Chewie. Uh, we got references of Leia and Luke. I, uh, you know, if you're going to continue the Return of the Jedi story, why aren't they around? I get that. Right. But what I did like about aftermath is. When you pull down Saddam Hussein's, uh, 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 you know, the, the palace, the thing? palace yeah. and, and the statue. Why am I right. late at night? When you pull down Saddam Hussein's statue, uh, <laughs> that's a sign of victory. But you still have to. You're still there. That's the just the sign of victory. It's yeah. just the sign of victory. So you can pull down the emperor's statue at the end of the re-released Return of the Jedi, and you can <laughs> dance, and Ewoks can sing, and eat more stormtroopers, and they can sing two different songs. Two different songs. Uh, Yub Nub and whatever that was, and uh, though I actually do like the re- rework song in the in the Return of the Jedi re-release, but you still have a galaxy in chaos. And I thought after, aftermath, I actually enjoyed the characters and I enjoyed the story. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, th- I think the the only I understand a lot of people's concerns with it. To me, the the frustrating part of it was, I think uh, uh, Chuck Wendig does a great job of writing short, sharp action scenes, mm-hmm. and I liked ultimately that we saw a picture of what was happening on many, many, many planets. Yeah, while also slowly being introduced to this new team that I think is going to be the star of this yeah. trilogy of books. Yeah, but I just wanted to get sucked in. Yeah. And I'd read a chapter and I'd get in, I would like be, who's that character? And to his credit, he, he would introduce me to that character really vividly, that planet really vividly, then have a really fun, well-written, surprising action scene, and I'd be ready to hear the next thing. And then the next chapter would be reboot yeah. and reboot. And I think it's a stylistic choice, yeah. but I think that was, out of any of the numerous complaints, I think that's the biggest barrier for people just getting mm-hmm. sucked in. Yeah. Because each individual chapter, each individual character is interesting, but it, it 
it doesn't flow, which is a definite stylistic choice. Stylistic choice, yeah, and I agree. I mean, whereas like Paul S. Kemp's work with uh, uh, Lords of the Sith is uh, loved that book. Yeah, and Claudia uh, Gray's Lost Stars just Lost uh, Stars. pulls I'm you in. I'm about two, three chapters into Lost Stars. Okay. Um, but I like what I like about Lost Stars, and even though it's a quote unquote YA title, yeah, um, it is. It's filling out that world. Um, and yeah, there's people, there's several people, thousands, millions of maybe people who joined the Imperials. And, uh, so I want that, that's a realistic level of, uh, of the universe yeah. expansion. And, uh, um, uh, whereas, uh, you know, Lords of Sith was a, was a small heightened story, but, but it, it, it to me did a great job connecting stuff back to the Clone Wars. Yep. And yep. Ahsoka Tano and Darth Vader, like his memory is Yeah, over. mentioning like specific yeah. memories that you can go like I read a chapter and like, I'm gonna go watch that memory he just tried to push away on Clone Wars because I know I, which episode it I is. I did it. I did yeah. it. I did it. I, I start I brought up Netflix and the next that weekend was yeah. watching Clone Wars again because yeah. of that. Uh, so like I think between uh, the, the, and those are the three I've read. I've read Lords of the Sith. I've mm-hmm. read uh, Lost Stars, and I've read Aftermath. Yeah, I have, um, I'm looking at my books up here. I have Dark Disciple, uh, Tarkin. Yeah, uh, have you read Tarkin? I yet? haven't, and I would like to. Uh, I'd like to. We'll do that. Yeah. I'll pull that off the shelf and let you borrow it. <laughs> Tarkin is uh, a, a Lucino, who who wrote uh, Darth Plagueis, and yep. and is a great writer. Uh, it's a good B plus A minus book. There's some it 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 stretches a little stuff, but I, I won't spoil. But it, okay. it but it does the same thing too, where it starts to effectively expand the universe yeah and it shows us uh not only what's going on with people uh in the universe and all of their little stories i think the expanded universe did that too but it was just sort of like okay well a character from the canteen is going to have an adventure right everyone feels connected and aftermath and lost stars in particular because we see the ground level view Mm -hmm. uh the small person's view of all of the events of the classic trilogy we see what they remember, what they believe to be true of the Clone Wars. Yeah. And in Aftermath, we're seeing the same thing. Mm. Whereas the Sith, we see the same thing. Much of it deals with the idea of mm. what do people know about the, about uh, Vader and Palpatine? Do they know their Sith Lords? And right. all of that, and I had a sense that it would, all of that great sort of mystery mm. of what is the truth we got that in the trailer for the new movie too, and, and I, that was so powerful. Because- I heard you talking about it on Lions, and and I uh, I've been talking all during the day. And we're very uh, simpatico on that. Um, where Kylo Ren is a misinformed fanboy. Yep. Because as we know now, and and we could already you know uh, make sense where Palpatine and Vader go, and half the galaxy doesn't believe it. Yeah, half Ever the galaxy they- isn't sure. Yeah, and the Jedi are a story that's real, real old yeah. at this at this point, and just doesn't even seem realistic. Right? Yeah, and and uh, you know they're referred to as uh, you know it's like a gang. Uh, what criminal gang? I think I was just reading in Lost Stars. There, right? They're doing yeah, a test. Yeah, it's a great. It's like uh, it, well, they're, and they don't even call him a Jedi. It's a right. great. Yeah, if you haven't read it, tune out for like literally thirty <laughs> seconds. But like they're practicing for a test, and like uh, yeah. what's the name of this uh, famous criminal? Yeah, you got to remember him. He started the war on Geonosis, Mace yeah. Windu, and like, yeah, just yeah. like, and I think the cumulative effect of that, building up to Han's lines in the trailer we just got of, yeah, it's it's all true. The dark side, the Jedi, yeah. they're real. The amazing thing to me is that this has been with us so long that yeah. a long time ago, which used to just be a story, yeah. is now true. Right. We, the viewers, know this story happened a long time ago, and right. most of the characters we're watching don't. And like, and it's really happened to us, and it really yeah. did happen a long time ago. Even if you're 12 years old and a big Star Wars fan, you probably experienced some Star Wars thing yeah. when you were two. Yeah. 
no matter what your age. It's already a long time ago to us. Like, we know the story of the Jedi and the Sith have yeah. been fighting for generations yeah. and causing war after war. And now there's going to be another war. And it's the Jedi and Sith doing it. And do any of you guys know about it? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that is absolutely the most effective part of the of the trailer. I I thought was because the only real dialogue we're getting that was directly delivered from a character to a character to yeah. a character was not about the movie that we're going to see. It was about everything that came before it. Yeah, it, and and that that is that is oh I, I love that trailer. But yeah, it ties in. So yeah, so you're an, you're making an excellent point where where they're doing uh, the comics and everything. It's a little much, man. It's a little much, yeah. but I think overall they're really hitting it uh, in the sense of uh, you. It's all working towards something, and and I can all I would have to be on those meetings. Yeah, I hate meetings. Yeah, but I would have loved to have seen the day one on a whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to get to here. Yeah, from here. And what are we gonna do? Uh, yeah. Do well, and I, I the. The other thing I'll say, I haven't read the comic books, and I agree that it is just the volume wise. Mm-hmm. I think is maybe a little bit too much. You're gonna you're gonna fill up the spaces too fast, leave some yeah. mystery, and and I believe that there's some goony things happening or are gonna happen in the comic books. Yeah, but I'm just stoked that the books have thematic resonance. Yeah, because it's easy enough for a story group to get together and decide. We're gonna really decide that uh, Han Solo did join the Imperial Academy, and that's gonna be canon. Of like, yeah. there's a difference between deciding in an event and saying. This is the mood of the galaxy. This is the point of the galaxy. Right. And you connect all those books together. The other story they tell is the story of the the title of this whole thing of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, of mm-hmm. that it's yeah. going to be war after war. Yeah. And, and and we know about two of them and now we're going to th- see a third one. Yeah, absolutely. And and then uh even the title, it's so funny. I had the reaction. I know a lot of people I knew had the reaction where where they're watching that trailer and Han says that stuff and the dark the dark side, the Jedi, it's all true. And we all went like, oh gosh, it's like the it's like the force was oh whoa, the force awakens. Oh now yes, I get it. Exactly. And it yeah. seems like so naive to say, but yeah, it was like, oh. oh and I have never been sure about the title. That was another uh part of the journey to the Force Awakens is hearing the title. True. I yeah. had heard a rumor that it was gonna be the ancient fear. Uh, right, and right. I and that's such a Lucas title. That's such an old pulp serial title, and I really Made liked sense. it. And like, and then I just said, okay, I understand from a marketing perspective, mm-hmm. the Force awakens. Active verb. It's better than an old scary thing, you know. <laughs> so, but I was like, eh, is this Disney being just marketing? Is this right. just marketing? So I'm thrilled to see, like, right. no, it's it's that something's happening with the Force, and I'm really hoping that that's yeah, like the Force is a character. And and the and the teaser, the first teaser, uh, when the first lines you hear is there's been an awakening. Uh, I remember kind of going, wah, wah. Yeah, it had that just sort of like, okay, we got to say something about the light and the dark side because yeah. everybody likes that stuff. But yeah, yeah, as it's been coming out, then the next one is the Force is Strong with my family. Now this one yeah. is that sort of like... Force is calling to you. Yeah, it's yeah. like the the Force is lonely almost <laughs> is what it, it comes yeah. across to me is yeah. like, yeah. you know, and if that is the story that Luke has, you know, I'm not saying this is the story. I just think it's a possibility. Yeah, if yeah. the story is Luke is like, you know, the, the, the Jedi and the Sith just exacerbate each other. Yeah. We just don't... I'm it's good. fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, my sister's running the government. Everything's cool. I'm gonna go out to another I got planet. I'm gonna own up a open up a proper eating house. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, and maybe that's where they'll find them. Yeah. So the idea of like maybe the force just isn't being used in like 
that's yeah. unnatural. Yeah. And the force is not going to allow that to happen. It, right. It must be used. Right. And then I love the idea that Kylo Ren really is just us. He's a Darth Vader fanboy. Yep. He's a Darth Vader collector. He's like, I just want all of his toys. <laughs> I want his masks. Um, oh, you know, that would be that would be a great joke bit if you did that trailer and then he he picked up that helmet and you realized it was a vinyl bobblehead <laughs> attached to that melted Vader helmet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because <laughs> he's such a collector. So one of the, the next uh, things we want to talk about here we, uh, is uh, on, on, the, on the journey, The Force Awakens. Uh, I said misfire with the expanded uh, universe of the new canon. Um, but really, uh, what was the biggest misfire? And it might not have been, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. The casting. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is that was the initial picture comes out. Yeah. Rumors, rumors, rumors. We'd heard this, and then we we knew Han, uh, Harrison, Mark, and Carrie were back, and and some of the old classics were coming back, which created its own set of worries. It was like, well, yeah. is Carrie going to be able to make it through the shoot? You know, yeah, yeah. she's got some documented problems and <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. And Peter Mayhew literally was in a wheelchair and all this kind and of stuff. And Harrison Ford had been famously grumpy about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're going to be ever Star. What's a Star Wars? Um, <laughs> So Get out of my that kitchen. aside, yeah. uh, I'm talking about the the large cast as a whole. Yep, and that the big picture, wonderful picture picture comes out of the table read or they're around there and i know what disney pr was probably look at this beautiful shot of our wonderful cast yeah and then the world reacts um understandably mm-hmm. um i'll say i can't back down it's on record what i said there i thought it was a bit of a jump of the gun in the sense of well hold, hold on let's see what they're doing yeah but there was a groundswell that that got, that got heard yeah because i do believe captain phasma became a woman because of it I think so too. Um, and I always, I always wonder, and I want to get your opinion. I always wonder if they had just said, "Here's your two leads, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega," and then the next day that picture comes out, or the next week that picture comes out, would things have been done differently, or would I there have still think, been that reaction? I think if they had just said, "Here are your two leads," I think there would have been some celebration of cool. We get we're seeing some mm-hmm. diversity. Of these are your two leads, or even your three leads with Poe Dameron, Dameron. when they were kind of putting him up front. They've kind of backed off on it a little bit. Yeah, good point, too. Um, But if they were like, here's your big three, I think there would have been a little bit more celebration. But I still think that Mm. when that big picture came out, I think the reaction was 100% valid. I don't think people were histrionic. I think it was presented as, here is the cast. They didn't say, here is some of the cast. It wasn't like right. here's able who was able to show up to the first read. Some <laughs> other people were too busy to read the new Star Wars film and pose for this historic photo. photo yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah. We cast three women, but they had Pilates. Like, no, it's <laughs> like. So I think that it was not jumping to conclusions. It was honest opinion. It right, was. Right, right. I am so thrilled, but right. we were really hoping for more Something women different. to be right. represented. Right. Um. And I, th- I think it was a healthy conversation. I think things don't change unless mm-hmm. you make that kind of noise. Right. Um, and I feel like it. I don't remember anybody going over – I don't remember a large section of the internet, like, overreacting. Right. Um, like, we can talk – we could – if you want to, we yeah. can talk about, the, like, the boycott Star Wars 7 thing that just happened. Which oh, was just yeah, like, which is a troll group. Troll baiting thing, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it worked. And everybody, before looking into what is the truth of this, that it's just three <laughs> racist guys baiting you. Yeah. And then you made it trend by getting – I don't think yeah. it was like that. And, yeah, I, and yeah, I do yeah. think 
I'm I'm super uber liberal. Yeah. Um, mm. and but I also think that we do need to like cool our jets for a second and verify what we're saying. Right, right. And I right. think this is an example of where we did. We were told right. here is the cast. It was yeah. a picture with very 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 few women. It was only two, right? Daisy yes. and Carrie. Yeah. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, yeah, I, yeah. So. I think that that was a you told us something and we're telling you our opinion back. All's fair, right? And I and I do think that some of the uh, I think adding Gwendolyn Christie, I uh, absolutely think, yeah. I, mean, I think it's all but fact. I think the the book still Chris Taylor start writing that book, yeah. but yeah, I th- I think that was the case. I'm trying to remember when DJ brought in Gina Davis as a consultant with her organization. Uh, if it was before or after that, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have to research that. Well, and I think, it, uh, you know, who knows uh, what happened. But to me, it also just it, it seems like, well, Kathleen Kennedy is guns blazing now. She's out there saying, mm-hmm. I want this to be diverse. Yeah, I yeah. believe in feminism. I believe it's important for everybody. Right. Um, so she's going to be – they're going to be a Star Wars female director at some point. That, that yeah. came out last week, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think, you know – that that kind of outcry of saying, "Hey, we were really hoping for more diversity," mm-hmm. allows the uh, you know I think people who are still making things for money to feel safe to say, "Wow, the audience wants there to be diversity too." Right. So I can get behind this and say, "Yes, uh, yeah, you we know, can do it. We can do it." And I I don't that that's actually beneficial to my bottom line. Right. It's not. And now she has that confidence right and then you well you you look at rogue one rogue one seems to be uh very much more well balanced and 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 an attentional level yeah to me it seems and the one press shot uh seems like they so they've seems like they've gone in that direction we've already seen that with episode eight i think yeah they're they're doing some more casting Uh, but yeah yeah, but as in as it's played out that Mm -hmm. as they're emphasizing more and more that uh ray and finn are looking like the leads right like the full-on leads, race, race center of that. Uh, yeah, and I, I really do hope that Ray is the Luke, the Anakin um, of yeah. this trilogy. That I, this is her story. I think it is. I think so too. I think. I mean, it's just, it's tough to say that. I mean, Boyega might be right there with her. You know what yeah. I mean? But uh, placement on the poster and but that trailer was that is yeah. what little Annie, little Luke, and now little Ray or whatever her name turns yeah. out to be. Uh, definitely think. I yeah. definitely think that that's that's what you're going to be. Not that one uh, one character changes all uh, in terms of uh, the diversity of the casting, but uh, yeah, that definitely definitely seems like now they're going in the right direction. Yeah. So they listened. Yeah. They they listened. they listened, and and I think maybe maybe they did have some other intentions of like, well, we're going to cast these really small characters, sure, uh, that are like. You know, and, and you know, we as Star Wars fans, like, oh yeah, well maybe they don't. It's a nub level character, and like, great, <laughs> we'll write eighteen hundred books, and we can write essays about that character. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's kind of no small character in Star Wars, but maybe they really did think like, oh, we've got a couple of their small characters, and didn't really think through. Right. When you tell the world this is the cast of the new Star Wars, they're gonna right. react. Right. Again, yeah, that's why that someone probably look at this beautiful picture. Yeah. Everyone's gonna love this. <laughs> Press send on that tweet. Oh yeah. crap. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I don't think it ruined the moment. I I I, no, I I had the joy of seeing that and looking around and studying and thinking and then right. I heard the outcry and I was like, Yeah, that's right. totally makes sense and I agree right. with that. And for me it's both. It it, it right. can be both. I, I I believe you live in a world where you can kind of have both celebrate yeah. <laughs> and celebrate and, uh, and, and complain and complain at the same time. It's kind of like is being a Star Wars fan. Um, 
So uh, as we uh, come around the corner on the bend here, the cast, the writers, everything's in place. New canon is going on. We got Battlefront returning, which has been another side note. Um, but now let's. I want to talk about uh, the actual marketing of this movie specific. Yeah. Let's get back to the trailer teasers and and just that. And again, like you say, quite accurately, the marketing of maybe just one or two acts yeah. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it is to me been pitch perfect. Yep, I think after that the stumble of the they weren't entirely in tune with mm-hmm. the uh, the audience with that photo. Um, everything has been, I think, meticulous and amazing. Right. Um, I think down to uh, well, we we uh, we've talked about uh, the other trailers, you know, the teaser, yeah, yeah, and when it was released and how it was released and and the fact that it showed the new and the old, mm-hmm. but the new stuff really looked like. That's from Star Wars. I've never yeah. seen a speeder like raised chunky speeder, but that looks like it's from Star Wars. And of course, Very BB-8 much, yeah. of like, yeah, of course, the natural evolution of the look, right. but different. Uh, and then you get that uh, the trailer that was released at Celebration, mm-hmm. which we've talked about, uh, but I see in a new light now that I've now that the new trailers come out, right? Of that that trailer was for the fans mm-hmm. because it was released yeah. at uh, at C- Celebration, Celebration, yeah, and it is really like, you know, using lines from the old movies of the Force is Strong in my family. family right. And letting you, getting that real sense of continuation of the old. Of the old. Uh, right. right. And then we come around to the final trailer. Mm. They know that the, the movie is going to be a huge hit if no one but guys <laughs> who are sitting around in a room yeah. doing yeah. podcasts go. Yeah, they're playing with house money at this point. Yeah, but they still, they we, we just saw this in the modern industry that's all about tent poles yeah. Avengers Age of Ultron did just amazing so everybody thinks it kind of failed <laughs> like you know yeah. and now, and then with the insanity of Jurassic World I wonder how right. much they feel like we right. now that we know that we don't even have the the ability to mm. project once something goes past like a certain I think I read an article with Jurassic World like once it goes around past 130 million mm. we don't have the ability to measure it right so what i'm getting at is like i think that they want this to be i think they want it to knock mm. off jurassic world yeah so the news isn't it did really well but maybe right. star wars doesn't have all of the staying power they don't need a million right. variety articles saying that so i think they want to knock the ball out of the park and that means get normal human beings right and then you release a trailer during monday night football right and the trailer has stuff for us uh, Uber Star Wars nerds to go nuts about. But other than that, it shows you Harrison Ford's going to be there. Right. There's going to be lots of ships flying around <laughs> shooting at each other. You there like are going to be some explosions. You? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And light and a good old fashioned lightsaber fight. There's going to be some light. It, and it just shows people who are just like, mm. oh, yeah, Darth Vader. I think my kid had one of those action figures. Or he, he yeah, yeah. my daughter maybe plays that video game, but whatever. It's a. Heavy breathing. I'm your father. Yeah, I got it. I got like it. Like yeah. those people to and be just like, yeah, you know, that sounds really fun, and I want to know what everybody's yeah. talking about. It's it's dangerous to get in bubbles. I say it. I say it again. Um, and you're sitting in a room of a of a man in his late thirties who will <laughs> die in these Star Wars toys. These Star Wars toys will bury me in an earthquake. Um, and I think this is the first time you're really sitting in my room. You've been in yeah. my house, but I don't think you've been in my room. We're recording in a separate. Force, uh, Force Center Studios tonight. And, I feel um, like I am in Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut and I can find the holocron that tells me how to build my 
my own lightsaber. Or you have wandered into the back of a Hot Topic. Um, <laughs> Which is a place I would happily live. So I am in the bubble. You're in the bubble. We yeah. are in the Star Wars discussion media bubble. Um, I'm telling you, man, I still have people and friends from my hometown. It's not just about my hometown being a little smaller than where I live now. Um, but I have just normal people who have families and kids and day jobs and careers and other things to worry about. Yeah. Who will say to me, uh, you hear they're making that Star Wars. <laughs> you know, and this is yeah. like over the summer. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, I went to my 20 year mm-hmm. reunion in mm-hmm. uh, like September or, yeah. and it was like, uh, you're, uh, I heard Luke Skywalker's in the new one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, I bet. Yeah, yeah I I've bet, heard about yeah, that. I, talking I go to the Walgreens. Every, yeah. You know, the guy there, I was like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that Star Wars movie. What do you think? You think it's going to be good? Yeah. Uh, have you seen the trailer? What now? Yeah. I got some <laughs> some of that viewpoint. Uh, I did this tour on the East Coast uh, with my mm-hmm. friends at Double Clicks and Molly Lewis, uh, great geek musicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the audience, we, we bring in our kind of well-rounded geeks. Yeah. So some of them are big Star Wars fans, but I did my Star Wars set. Uh, and so people wanted to talk to me after the show about, sure. like, do you really think it's going to be as big a deal? Yeah. Like, and they weren't angry. They didn't dislike Star Wars. They got all my jokes, which were pretty deep. Right. Uh, Star Wars jokes. But they were on the fence about, like, is it is everybody really going to go? Or is it just, like, nerds who are still really, like, Star Wars? Right. And I started to get that picture of, like, oh, there are some people, mm-hmm. you know, who can get it when I make jokes about like Death Star branding and it will applaud when I do an impression of Emperor Palpatine for five minutes and swear at them. <laughs> but they're still like, eh, I don't know if, uh, yeah, uh, will, it, will it really beat Jurassic World? Right. Well, it, hey, I, I, I hear, still hear, um, some stuff in, in you know, in Land of Schmoes, not, not from the Schmoes himself, but fan base or just call ins or tweets yeah. about, well, I don't know. It's being released in December. I don't know if it will do that well. It, it is Christmas. Yeah. And Hunger Games didn't do that well. Yeah. Really? They, yeah. They, they are different things. <laughs> Meanwhile, Fandango's going, how did our, is our website back up? <laughs> and that was, that was the moment. Get that, it back uh, up. Get that, the website back up. That almost killed me. So right after they played the trailer, <laughs> I don't remember the announcer's name. Uh, uh, Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico. Uh, yeah. Had that sort of like, representing a little bit of that like moderate Star Wars fan. Yeah. Like, hey, here's something you guys are really going to like. The trailer plays and like, all right, so mark your calendars, December 18th. And it's like. I feel like everybody's like, you son of a, we are on our computers trying to get tickets. Don't tell us to mark the date. We're trying to buy tickets and we can. You have no idea who you're talking to, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I um, I couldn't get a hold of any tickets. Didn't even have the chance because I was busy working covering the Star Wars trailer. Yeah. I, I couldn't log on. Uh, I since, I since uh, have, uh, looks like I'm being invited along on a Friday night showing. Nice. Um, but you, uh, the the best reason uh, anyone can give me as to why I should actually consider marriage <laughs> as a reason to, or as a thing, is your lovely bride goes down and gets you the tickets, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we live uh, within you know walking distance of the of the right. theater we wanted to go to. I couldn't load their website, yeah. and I didn't want to leave because I wanted to see the trailer. And yeah. even if I was willing to make the sort of fan concession of like, okay, well I'll come home and watch it online. Right. You know, I was doing that episode. You wanted but to I be Alliance in the that moment. night. I yeah. wanted to be in that moment as a fan, but then yeah. also, you know, talking about our, our kind of weird fandom where we're talking yeah. about it now. Yeah. Uh, I needed to see it. Yeah, no, and I, I needed for, to start, for my job, I needed to see it live yeah. then at halftime. Right, we, yeah, and we absolutely. needed to make notes and have thoughts yeah. right away. Yeah. Uh, so that was like one of the only weird steps in the marketing to me of like putting fans in that position of mm-hmm. the the tension and anxiety of the tickets. 
yeah. when you just want to sit back and enjoy the trailer at the same yeah. time. But anyway, yeah. So my my wife very kindly was like, yeah. "I'll just run down to the theater." Uh, <laughs> that that's another example of what got me thinking about this is the first truly twenty first century film that everybody's having this sort of like amazing epiphany story of like, you know how I got my tickets. <laughs> I walk to a theater. <laughs> I love I love hearing on Jedi Lion's Mike Black story. Of, yeah, oh, it's so beautiful. I went to El Capitan and no one was... <laughs> yeah, he was telling me more details before he shot the show. Like, he parked at the Hollywood and Highland yeah. Complex, uh, which yeah. you're not around L.A. It's across the street. Kind of big, lots going on. Yeah, no reason, no yeah. reason to expect yeah. that you would be able to just walk up to Disney's flagship theater, El Capitan. And he told me about he passed a guy in a Millennium Falcon t-shirt mm-hmm. Uh on the escalator, and he was like, oh, "There's a guy with a Star Wars T-shirt turning around, so they must be like turning there, people away or around something." The like, corner. No, it's just some jerk who has a <laughs> Liam Falcon T-shirt. Is like his he had to get to his car for parking or whatever because he wasn't in line. <laughs> he wasn't in line. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, but uh, they yeah, pitch perfect in the trailers. Uh, uh, I mean, I I was one of the ones that cried in the car uh, leaving. <laughs> I was on the border of Las Vegas and California on my iPhone uh, watching uh, Han say, "Chewie, we're home for the first time." Yeah. Um, and then this one, again, I think, uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to separate myself a little bit to not be so hyperbolic about it, but I think it's one of the best uh, trailer experiences, uh, I've ever seen or witnessed or been part of a movie just cause it's, it, in this age and, you know, going to some of the Marvel stuff where, oh, well, we know Hulk and Hulk saves Iron Man. We saw that in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, all that kind of stuff. This has been elegant and beauty. And if you watch the cut without the dialogue. Have you seen that cut? It's just Mm-mm. the music. You can find it. Someone did it. It's on okay. right now, and it is just the trailer right now with the music. It's a piece of art. There's a lot going on in that music. Yeah, it's it a piece of art. It starts without any super distinctive, mm-hmm. you know, manipulative Star Wars hook. of, yeah. and, then it, and then it's got lots of different little themes yep. very subtly worked in there. I think the other thing that I really liked about it and felt was very artful of the we have the, the we're home. Which yeah. literally was telling us, literally, the, yeah. the actual Star Wars is back. If Star Wars is your home, the doors open. We're back. Come on in. We're we're back. Your home is a Star Wars fan. Yeah. So very comforting. Yeah. Uh, and then this trailer was the total opposite of like, it, the trailer almost felt the same as trying to buy the tickets of like, <laughs> there's tragedy around the corner. Our, refresh, 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 yeah, refresh. Ref- yeah, I, I need this to load because Leia's crying. You're like. <laughs> It, it's just it's artfully done to make you feel yeah. tense. Yeah, like there there are problems and there are crises and our heroes might not be able to handle them. Well, and what's so intriguing to me now we're just going into plot speculation, and I still to this, to this moment know so little about the plot. Yeah, I have avoided successfully everything, and including. <laughs> friend of mine uh whiskey fist if you're listening you scoundrel <laughs> my friend jay who uh, uh was in pro wrestling with uh big game of thrones fans and uh with game of thrones i have no problem telling he'll call me and i'm like well here's you know what what we happen or what we know happens and let's speculate and spoil a little yeah. bit because he, he wants it well i he does not poor soul does not know that i want to know nothing about the force awakens <laughs> so he calls me and it's rare that he calls me usually he's a text and facebook communicator yeah. with me uh, and I get that, couldn't answer, and I get the message. And the message starts with, hey, man, I know you probably know everything because you're down there working in the business. He lives up north of Reno now, uh, north of the wall, we say. Um, <laughs> and uh, he goes, I know you probably, uh, but I, I had some friends, and they they actually got to go to a screening. And they said, and I am driving 
but I'm trying to turn the delete button, <laughs> press it as fast as I can. Swerving down and the road. And I wrote him. I said, don't you ever do that again, man. He, he's, um, but, um, yeah, and you've been great uh, on Twitter uh, of yeah. being really clear of, like, please bands, don't. don't. Please don't. Don't send me um, things. But what what we uh, – I know so little, but but what I love, this trailer kind of confirmed, and what I think we could pick up on the first two, is at the end of Return of the Jedi, go back 30 years as a kid watching the end of Return of the Jedi. And if you were to say, um, well, there's going to be another one. Episode 7 is going to come out at some yeah. point. It's going to come out. You would probably assume the plot was – a new set of bad guys trying to destroy the republic that had just been formed. Yeah. Because clearly the emperor statue fell down, a new republic formed, right? Yep. Well, this is all about the resistance against the First Order. Yeah. I don't know who's in control. And I think the rebellion had to take on a new form, and then maybe the rebellion didn't win as cleanly as we thought. Yeah, and Aftermath is certainly dealing with that. Right. And that's what I also like about the new canon is there are, diff- there are people in each of those books that I've mentioned, Lords of the Sith, uh, Lost Stars, and Aftermath, having savvy adult mm-hmm. perspectives on the nature of government, of like, right. this can't be controlled. Right. And the only good the Empire ever did is right when it started, mm-hmm. it, the war ended and everybody knew where their next meal was coming from. And then, oh, oh, my, oh no, they're, they're terribly right. evil. But those, and those, the aqueducts. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and all those themes of like order start coming yeah. in. And whether. Yeah. It, it gets to be a big thing in, in Lost Stars of whether or not people believe, mm-hmm. is the rebellion just to take down the Empire because it's bad? Or do they have anything better right. or different to offer? Right. And I think that's what's really like, it's making it a more adult story. It's not just yeah. good and bad. It's going to get into the complexities that I think the you know the prequels introduced by widening out the galaxy into the, like, yeah. this is, it's a political story too. It has to be. Yeah, uh, and I think that's going to yeah. be some really interesting stuff. Of like, mm-hmm. did our heroes, who we know are good, yeah. did Luke and Leia and Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar really try, and it just didn't work, or did they get complacent? That's I'm, pitch, I'm pitching right now an HBO Veep like series <laughs> of General Maydean and Mon Mothma and Akbar trying to run the government. Yeah, and it's just a comical uh, dark comedy, and May- uh, Maydean's throwing papers up, going, "I didn't want this job." Sorry, uh, <laughs> Ryloth is revolting because they don't like your hair, Maydean. <laughs> Your hair is not good for optics, one maybe. Thing I, I, I do love about Aftermath is Akbar is just tired. Yes, <laughs> the and whole it's so book fits. Tired. It's so fits. Like, oh, <laughs> it was a trap. I warned them. I warned them. It was a trap. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm looking. It, I, I I have to admit, I I I was unsure. I'm still a little like I want to see how they handle it because I do yeah. have that instinct of it would be cool if they were in control and somebody else, right. the good guys were in control yeah. as we know them, and then somebody else was uh, attacking, so they were on the defense. Mm-hmm. And I worry that they just sort of tried to re- reset it to being too similar to the classic series. Sure, I've been liking everything they're doing, so I'm having faith that it's not just in order to mirror the, mm-hmm. the, the classic trilogy, right. but that there actually is a real story there of like, we, you know, that that it's going to be a Nazi Germany. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, if if the prequels were a Nazi Germany story of like right. the evil comes from within and then it becomes this horrible thing. And then and, and they have said in some places that this is maybe a little bit more of a neo-Nazi story. Right. But it seems like from the trailers, the fact that our heroes are called resistance. Right. That it's not like they're a faction. It's like they're kind of, if not fully in charge, right. really imminently in risk of being totally in charge. Right. 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 That, that, yeah, that's a good, good way. Rebels versus uh, resisting. Uh, rebelling against it. Now they're resisting against something. And, and again, um, 
such a beautiful job they've done, and, and, and we're so close. We're inside two months yeah. to figuring this all out. Yeah. And that is kind of our look back as we wrap up here. Uh, Joseph and I could talk for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> we haven't even got to the Captain Phasma headphones I got at the LAX airport um, and all the wonderful stuff. There's so much. And you're so right. You you got me. I'm going to need to move because yep. I don't have any of my Luke Skywalker Force Awakens toys. And I'm sure those are going to hit and on December 19th. I want those ones. Let's get a storage unit. <laughs> just go in on <laughs> like Every unit. Sunday we can just go visit our action just figures. Sit. We'll record in the store. Unit. Um, that is that. Um, this has been a remarkable journey from uh, fall of 2012 to nine uh, to now, and, and believe me, in in September of 2012, I if you had said, "Hey, Star Wars nerd," because I have a neon num still hanging up there on the wall. It's been there for five years. Um, get ready. The next three years are going to lead up to something amazing. As a Star Wars fan, as I say it all the time, what a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Uh, it's fun, Joseph, to start Force yes. Center off with you and looking back at what got us here. Um, and that's just now. And on Force Center, we're going to look back. We're going to do so many wonderful things. Uh, the, the Star Wars galaxy is so big as, as fans. There's so many nooks and crannies yeah. to sign in, to, to crawl in, I should say. <laughs> Um, so uh, that's that that's uh, things, and, and there's going to be more announcements. I can say safely now um, on this broadcast that uh, uh, the force. This is the Force Center program, but this is a Force Center podcast feed, meaning there's going to be a lot of different shows that pop up. And I hope you all join us for the journey. Uh, Spotlight Star Wars, my show for my uh, Knapsack Files podcast feed, now transfers over to here. Joseph, you're working on a show. We're still yeah, development in I'm, your mind there, right? Yeah, I'm brainstorming some ideas. If anybody has uh, ideas that they want to shoot at me, mm-hmm. feel free. If there are things that you want to hear, uh, I'm still yeah. brainstorming what I'd what I'd like to do. So feel free to throw me your ideas. Right, uh, but uh, something fun, something something with an element of comedy to it. Comedy, that which is what you're you're uh, you're uh, I, I think one of my things I called you a Star Wars comedian. Yes, which is not all your comedy, <laughs> but it's just one thing. It's a part of it. Yeah. And I'm proud to announce now. I will announce now. You can tweet her uh, later after listening. Uh, Jennifer Landa is joining our roster of talent and is going to be a regular contributor. With uh, right now, it will be a monthly show on the Force. Center podcast feed that uh, I won't say her idea yet. It is it is spectacular. It is a fun kind of journalistic approach to uh, being a Star Wars fan, which is one of the things she does so well on her YouTube channel. Channel, uh, and then of course Mark Riley, Christian Harloff, all those guys will be on there. And and then uh, yeah, anytime you and I, Joseph, are like, let's just break out some microphones and talk about Star Wars for two hours. Absolutely, we're gonna do it. There will be an awakening. <laughs> there will be an awakening. So you can follow us on Twitter at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow me at Ken Napsa. Hashtag Force Center Pod, and I need you to include the pod because uh, if you just hashtag Force Center or follow at Force Center, you'll end up at a Swedish gym. Um, <laughs> but uh, at Force Center Pod and hashtag Force Center Pod, if you want to join this conversation, uh, tweet me and Joseph and follow us at Force Center Pod, like I said, and uh, we'll answer some of your questions too on air when we get them. So uh, that has been uh, a great time uh, looking back on the journey to where we are now the force awakens joseph thank you so much for joining us uh, on well joining us this is your damn show too what am i saying sorry thank uh, me for joining you uh, thank you, you thank for you joining us there has we been are joined a guesting um anyways that is it that is it from the center of the galaxy this has been the force center on the force center podcast feed
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.